The LexisNexis Emerging Issues Law Community Podcast. Presentations and interviews with leading attorneys and industry professionals. On this edition, Michael Fitzpatrick of Dewey and LaBeouf on Louisiana's Electric Utility Recovery Securitization Act. The opinions expressed by guests interviewed on LexisNexis Legal Podcasts do not necessarily reflect those of Reed Elsevier Incorporated, LexisNexis, subsidiary companies, shareholders, employees, or customers, and should not be considered legal advice. Michael Fitzpatrick is a partner in Dewey LaBeouf's Global Energy Capital Markets Group. He has extensive experience representing issuers and underwriters in capital markets transactions, principally in the utility and energy area. These transactions involve both taxable and tax-exempt securities, including hybrid securities. He's represented electric and natural gas utilities and underwriters in connection with utility securitizations. Mr. Fitzpatrick also advises companies on general corporate and securities law matters, including compliance with Sarbanes-Oxley Act and other aspects of corporate governance. Mr. Fitzpatrick, thanks for being here. Uh, Glad to be here. Talking today about the recently enacted Louisiana Utility Securitization Law. Can you give us some of the details on that? Sure, Steve. In July of last year, 2010, the Louisiana legislature passed the Louisiana Electric Utility Investment Recovery Securitization Act. A lot of words there, but the real focus there is the investment recovery part of this. Louisiana law is probably the broadest dedicated rate reduction bond statute on the books. Uh, I'll get back a little later on as far as dedicated rate reduction bonds, but that's basically the uh, the term of art for, for this sector. The purpose of the law is basically to enable electric utilities in the state of Louisiana to use securitization financing for certain authorized investment recovery costs. The new law basically expands the pool of recoverable costs that, that can qualify for utility securitizations. There's a short list of of the types of uh, recoverable costs that this act allows. The first one is the, are canceled construction costs for generating or transmission facilities. Uh, The second type is a a pretty broad category. It's uh, other types of capital investment in excess of 350 million that's determined by the Louisiana Commission to be, quote, suitable for securitization financing, end quote. The third category is the, could be used for the purchase of long-term supplies of fuel or even facilities for delivery and storage of such fuel supplies. And then finally, uh, it can be used to repurchase equity or, the re- or retire indebtedness that was incurred relating to any of the costs I mentioned above. Well, how does this differ from other state statutes that have enacted uh, utility securitization statutes? This statute differs from other statutes basically because it really does expand the pool of recoverable costs that can qualify for securitization. Uh, Up until now, there are several statutes on the books from various states, but they're very specific as to what costs can be recovered, such as stranded costs, transition costs. Uh, environmental costs. This statute is much broader. It can pick up things like cancel construction projects, and it also these other types of capital investments. I haven't seen a deal yet where it's they've used that broad category, but basically allows the commission um, if and the utility, if it so desires, to pursue securitization for any kind of capital investment that is quote suitable for securitization financing. 
So much broader than any other statutes that are on the books. Have there been any recent deals in the market where this new Louisiana statute's been used? Yes, uh, only aware of one deal. We, we served as underwriters counsel in September of this year. But one of the uh, Entergy subsidiaries, Entergy Louisiana, they used this new statute and similar to other securitizations, they created a special purpose bankruptcy remote sub. Um, they applied for a financing order and through the Louisiana Public Service Commission and got authority basically to issue uh, $200 million of investment recovery bonds, the first type like that. And Entergy Louisiana used the proceeds from that financing for costs relating to the cancellation of a repowering project that they had. It basically allowed the company to recover its prudently incurred cancellation costs, which the Louisiana Commission had previously approved. But like you know, the other utility legislative securitization deals that have been done in the past, it was completed in the ABS market and, and the bonds were structured in a way to receive um, a AAA rating. To date, what other types of utility costs have been financed using utility legislative securitization? Uh, this product and utility legislative securitization uh, started back in about 1997. Uh, I think the first deals were done out of California and the West Coast. But they've basically been used by utilities on a sporadic basis to finance the recovery of uh, special classes of utility costs. As I mentioned before, especially the early ones that were done, they were most typically stranded costs and transition costs resulting from deregulation, where those particular states that created these statutes had made the decision to basically deregulate the electric utility generation market in their states. Besides those, other examples um, I might have mentioned before include uh, storm damage recoveries, customer conservation programs, and specific environmental uh, costs that a a utility might have. The other thing, utility securitizations, again, in in all those instances, they're they're creatures of a a special state statute. And, And most state jurisdictions to date do not have, you know, this enabling legislation I believe in last count, uh, I think there's 16 states within the U.S. that have used utility um, securitization. There are other states that have statutes in place, but they have not yet pulled the trigger on, on a utility securitization deal. And, you know, as I mentioned before, the Louisiana Investment Recovery Statute, coupled with other statutes Louisiana has with respect to recovery of stranded costs, is probably the the broadest legislation out there to date. Can you talk about some of the structural elements of these legislatively authorized utility securitization transactions? Sure. Uh, The transactions, again, all involve states that have adopted enabling legislation. And and I think in all instances, although the wording and, and, and the way they get there might be a little bit different, I think there are six common elements or features that, that each of these um, transactions and, and enabling legislations uh, have. And I'll take you through through each of them. Okay. The first one is, is really a, a definition of a discrete class of costs, the recovery of which the securitization technique is authorized to be used. And, and again, those, those costs could be either transition costs, environmental costs. In the most recent deal, we were talking about investment recovery costs. Right. The second feature that, that they all share is basically authorization by the statute for, for this, the state public utility commission to act 
and to quantify whatever these costs might be and to authorize the issuance of the bonds. Commonly, these bonds, although they cover various costs, uh, as far as the market's concerned, they refer to these as rate recovery bonds often. The other thing that is authorized is besides the State Public Service Commission Act is also what what else is authorized is the ability to recover the the charges from the utility customers. This is all uh, picked up by the statute. The third element, um, common element among all, is the ability to transfer this legislatively created right uh, from the electric utility or the sponsor in this case to a SPE issuer, which special purpose issuer, which is set up as a bankruptcy remote entity, and we'll get into that a little bit later, I think. But um, and also allows the receipt of the proceeds as consideration for the transfer. This element's important in order to get a true sale concept there for bankruptcy purposes. Uh, the fourth element that that these statutes share is the imposition of a separate non-bypassable and irrevocable charge on the utilities customers in its service territory. And this is necessary, these charges, in order, of course, to to cover the the debt service for the rate recovery bonds. The fifth element, and probably the most important element in getting the AAA rating, is um, the statute needs to address a statutory mechanism in which these charges to the utility customers can be revised or trued up to ensure that the customer payments are adequate to pay the debt service. This is really the credit enhancement feature of all these deals. Instead of your typical ABS deal where you might over collateralize in various accounts, this is the key feature because it allows you to basically go out there and, and to adjust the charges that are imposed on electric customers to adjust for any over or under collections during the life of the bond. Um, and it varies. It could be semi-annual, it could be quarterly, it could even be annually, but they usually also have a non-standard ability, a non-standard true-up to be able to adjust, again, if there's an over-collection or under-collection during the life of the bonds. And finally, uh, and also another key piece is a pledge, either a pledge by the state or a pledge both by the state and the state utility commission basically not to take any action that would interfere with what's been blessed with the process, with the payment on the bonds, or to do anything that would impair the value of the property or impair that true-up mechanism we just talked about. Anyway, those are kind of the six pretty standard elements that you would find in in the various uh, state statutes. Are there benefits to using these? Uh, there are benefits, and in order for, for these to work, there's got to be benefits on both sides. Um, as far as the utility, why oftentimes uh, utilities use these statutes or or request uh, their states to adopt these statutes, it, I'll go through a few of them. But for one, it, it allows the utility to treat these rate recovery bonds as debt for income tax purposes. It also allows them to treat the charges imposed on those customers as gross income to the utility for federal and state income taxes, rather than recognizing income up front when they actually sell the property to the SPE. They're allowed instead to, for federal and state income taxes to spread out that recognition of income basically over the life of the charges. A third benefit to the utility is it allows them to avoid the recognition of debt on the utility's balance sheet 
for certain credit and regulatory purposes. So it's uh, it's often deemed or, or labeled to be off-credit type financing because uh, the rating agencies in analyzing the utilities balance sheet, although it needs to be consolidated for accounting purposes, in analyzing the credit rating for the utility, rating agencies will disregard that debt. And oftentimes the, the regulator for regulatory purposes also disregards that debt as utility debt. The fourth benefit is to, is to treat the sale and transfer of the property that secures the rate recovery property or the rate recovery bonds as a true sale uh, for state law and bankruptcy purposes. Again, this is a, that's an important element in order to get the AAA rating. And finally, by doing this type of financing, it, it can help avoid any adverse impact um, of the necessary financing on the utility's credit rating. If they had to go out and, and do traditional borrowing, it could impact their, their credit rating. Now, in order for this to work, there also has to be a benefit to the utility customers. And this structure, the end result of the structure is has it's resulted in the highest credit rating, AAA ratings, and therefore lower financing costs that the utility customer needs to pay as compared to your traditional utility debt financing. So again, for this to work, there needs to be benefit both for the customer and benefit for the utility. What is the size currently of the utility legislative securitization market? To date, there's approximately $45 billion of rate reduction bonds that have been issued. And again, this dates back to the late 90s. That said, it's an asset class that's held up you know, very well, although the asset-backed market itself has certainly gone through some tough sledding. This market continues uh, to be there. And like I said, received very well. To my knowledge, there's there has not been a default in any of these transactions, okay. um, including during the recent credit crisis in the securitization market generally. Hmm. You know, and, and some of these utilities, some of these states have gone through some natural disasters, some storms. Um, you had the energy cr- uh, market crisis. You also had one major utility bankruptcy out in California. And despite all that, these bonds have held up well, and they've they've maintained their AAA rating. Correct me if I'm wrong. You said there were 16 states that currently have uh, such statutes in place. There's 16 statutes, Steve, that that use um, or have used um, enabling legislation. There's a handful of other states that have statutes in place. It's just that there hasn't been deals yet. For one, for example, Wisconsin has an environmental statute but no utility has yet used that. So to date, there's $45 billion that have been issued all uh, by utilities within, I think it's 16 states. So what do you think happens next? What's, what's in store for all this down the road? I, I think, take Louisiana, for instance, I think there the commission is very likely to try to push this type of financing you know, more. They, they like the, the rates that they get for their customers. So I think... Where you, where you see opportunities like a, you know an investment recovery that for a, a project that now is not going to go forward, a, a discrete environmental type costs. You know the Gulf states down there. You have Florida, Louisiana, Texas, where you you get hit by a, a hurricane, natural disaster. You know instead of insurance, you know using something like this structure. Uh, I, I think those states. Are, are big on this structure. Uh, it's an alternative to insurance, and um, and it's worked well in those states. So I, I think it's going to depend on, in those cases, catastrophes. But 
you know, you also have, you know, the environmental cost that people are looking at. And there's certainly been a couple states where this has been used. And, and there's certainly states out there that have statutes in place that you can use for, for environmental costs. So I think you're going to continue to see it be used. And, and like I said, it's as far as the ABS market is concerned, unlike other areas of that market, these types of bonds have held up quite well. well Mr. Fitzpatrick, I appreciate your time and talking about uh, the Louisiana Electric Utility Recovery Securitization Act and many of the issues connected with that and similar such statutes. It's been a real pleasure having you with us on this LexisNexis Legal Podcast. Thank you. My pleasure too, Steve. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this LexisNexis Legal Podcast. Visit the LexisNexis communities at LexisNexis.com slash community. Like the communities on Facebook. Follow them on Twitter. The LexisNexis Emerging Issues Law Community Podcast. Copyright 2011 by LexisNexis, a division of Reed Elsevier Incorporated. I'm Steve Bressler. Thank you for listening.